This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. Look at verse 1 here in Matthew 5. It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea. The question we must ask ourselves is, how did they get there? How did they get there? How did they get to the other side of the sea? All right, how did they get there? Mark 4 records that Jesus tells his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Jesus tells his disciples, there's something else I got to show you. There's something else I want you to experience. There's more on the other side. Jesus implores that to his disciples and I believe even in this season there is a divine invitation that God is giving you and I. He's giving us an invitation to go to the other side. He's giving us an invitation to change and to grow. One of the things we find out is they go into the ship, they get into the ship and as they go to the other side the seas begin to rage and the winds come and the storm comes and what they're expecting in this journey to go to the other side they're surprised they're surprised about the invitation to change they thought when Jesus says let us go to the other side that things were going to be easy when Jesus gave them the invitation to grow to, to, to develop they thought it wasn't going to be as hard but time they get on the boat they find out to change or go to the other side we got to deal with some things there are times in our life that we hear an invitation to grow to develop to start a business to build our families to improve our marriages and just the invitation itself excites us but we are not prepared for the emotional endurance that it takes to win and get to the other side i want you to know that the disciples are actually shocked by the storm when the storm comes it's almost as if they ask Jesus what have you gotten us into we didn't sign up for this I know I wanted to get married but I didn't sign up for this I know I wanted to be saved but I didn't sign up for this I know that I'm called to be a prophet but I didn't sign up for this I know I'm called to be a director but I signed up for this many times in our lives after we get an invitation we miss the cost that it takes to become who you shall be oh I'm telling the truth when it when the rubber meets the road and things start happening and it's now time to be who it takes you to be to go to the other side this is where most people eject in life you want to know why most people don't get to the other side of who they are It's because they eject out of challenges they eject when problems come they eject when the storm rage they eject when they when life gets rough they decide to try to find a life that don't have a trial can i tell you something there is no life that doesn't have a trial 
there's no life that ain't gonna have no challenges and no problems and sometimes the worst thing that the devil will come to you and say since you have problems you is no sense of living the devil will try to tell you if you're not careful that you might as well give up on life and living because you're having problems can I just give you some news life has challenges can I give you some news the Sun don't the Sun don't just come out the Sun rotates and then the moon comes and it get dark sometimes your life is not gonna always be beautiful and everything's gonna be well there are gonna be some tough seasons there are gonna be some tough challenges in life and I'm sorry someone's got set up for the okie doke because somebody has given us a sugary message that life is always gonna be nice you can go to school you can get your education you can live right but still you're gonna have a trial you're gonna have tribulation come on you can dot I's and cross T's but that don't stop storms from coming in your life Jesus invites them and gives them an invitation to get on the ship so they can go over to the other side it's an invitation to change have you ever viewed your trouble as an invitation to go deeper have you ever seen trouble and say, oh, God, is take, I ain't never seen y'all come in my office, call me on the phone and say, Pastor, I got all kind of trials happening. You know what that means? God's taking me deeper. Hallelujah. Hey, I ain't never seen it. I ain't never seen you get stirred up about it. Why? Because God knows that there are times in our life he's going to test who we really are yeah yeah and Jesus is trying to lead these disciples to the other side they've done pretty decent on this side but but can you go to the other side you've been good the first five years of your life 20 years of your life but are you prepared for the next 20 more are you prepared for the next 10 10 years of your life are you ready there are times in your life where life will tell you it's time to grow up there are times in your life where life will tell you it's time to develop and it's time to evolve it's time to change you say well you know I've been shy for 15 years yep but sometimes life will draw a line in the sand and say you have went far enough being shy it's time to develop your personality so you stop missing out on the blessings of God because you shy because see when you shy tell somebody when you shy you shy you don't get it when you shy it means you don't go all the way when you are shy you're shy of the blessing there are things that you need y'all gonna catch it when you there are things in your life that you need bonus to enter into you need courage to enter into and you can be shy all your life you now you can be a quiet spirit or a quiet person but there are times in your life if you're gonna be blessed you have to stand up on your feet if you're gonna have your destiny you have to raise your voice and if you allow other people to speak speak for yourself speak for you they're going to be a coming to your life where nobody gonna speak up for you and you're gonna to have to learn to become an advocate of your own deliverance an advocate for your own self and you're gonna to have to learn how to fight for yourself your grandmama fought for you your daddy fought for you your best friend fought for you but life will happen that you got to learn to fight for yourself Yeah, if you're going to have it, if you're going to become it, the storm will come until you develop. Jesus had put them on the boat and then he went to sleep on the boat. On purpose. I said Jesus went to sleep 
on purpose because we don't know what you got until Jesus go to sleep. We don't know you've been listening to the word till Jesus ain't moving, until Jesus ain't answering your prayers every time you pray. We don't know what you really are until Jesus goes to sleep and he goes to sleep on purpose to test what's going on in you. And he said, I got to take these people to the, say, the other side. One of the things I want you to know that when it's time to take people to the other side, the worst thing you can think is that you leading people who ain't never got in the ship. At least these brothers got in the ship. Tell somebody he got in the ship. See, I've learned that a pastor, my, my bishop, uh, Bishop Vaughn, say, Joe, I've been passing a long time. He said, but don't count them till you can count on them. That's what he says about pastors leading churches. Because, you know, pastors sometimes have a conversation among each other. They say, you know, some pastors, they say, Doc, how many, how many you got? How many, how many you pulling? Y'all don't know about that stuff. These preachers talk, preacher talk. Pastor Robin call it preacher talk. She don't like it at all. She call it preacher talk. They like, Doc, how many you pulling on a Sunday? Man, you look packed over there, Joe. How many you pulling? Bishop Vaughn said, I don't care how many you pulling. Don't count them till you can count on them. There are times in your life you think somebody is with you until you look back and they're not even in the boat. You done made an invitation to get in the boat and you look back and you out there and you looking and you in there by yourself. And the worst thing in life is to think you got company. To think you, Lord, gonna have to help me today. Is to think you got support. Is to think you got a companion. To think you got a friend. And you look around and you in the boat all by yourself. I'm telling you, at least you gotta get in the boat. Tell somebody you gotta get in the boat. You can never lead people who never get in the boat. Who never uh, accept that there's time to change. It's time to grow. It's time to develop. The, the sound has been, the alarm, the trumpet has been blown. And sometime when the trumpet has been blown, there are people who still act like they have not heard the trumpet blow. The trumpet has been blown. And it's time to grow up. It's time to change. It's time to evolve. And there are people, even though the trumpet has blown, they still won't get in the ship. There are just some people you can't lead to the other side. These are people who don't get in the ship. These are also people who refuse to walk by faith. This is why Jesus rebukes the disciples in Mark 4. When the storm comes, he says, how is it that you have no faith? You can't take people anywhere that they don't have faith to go. You can talk to them, you can encourage them all day, but until they have faith for it, they can never get to the other side. You can take them on field trips. You can take them everywhere and show them what they can do. But until they make a decision that I want that, I want to be that. Parents do our jobs to model what our children can be and should do. But don't you know that after you modeled it, they have a decision? Yes. 
See, parents, you got to learn. Your job is to model, but your job is not to make decisions. Decisions belong to your child. That's how you teach responsibility. My job is to teach, train, love, support, nurture, and model. But after I model, you got to be an example and start following the model. You got to make decisions. And this is what happens in our lives is that we try to teach people that you can be all you want to be without making critical decisions. But decisions, Lord, help me determine destiny. You want to know how you're going to get to the other side? You're going to decide to grow. You're going to decide to hang in there. You're going to decide to face this storm. You're going to decide not to give up. You're going to decide to be strong. and fit. You want to know how you're going to get through this thing? You're going to make a decision. This is what Jesus is teaching in Mark 4 with the disciples. They're wondering, Jesus, how you do this? Because, you know, some of us, when God says it's time to grow, oh, my goodness. I always get the story of my beautiful son, Joshua. And when I tell the stories of my kids, I don't tell the stories of my kids. I use them as examples. I don't tell them the stories of my kids because my kids are so terrible or something like that. It's just general stories. And so, so don't think... I'm saying my kids bad, your kids good. All I'm saying is children are children. <laughs> my kids, like your kid, my son decided that he enjoyed my strength of holding his bottle when he was a little boy. But he was strong enough to hold a bottle. How did I know he was strong enough to hold a bottle? Because he was gripping and grabbing everything else. But when it came time to hold his bottle, he didn't want to hold it. The reason he didn't want to hold it is because he saw me holding it for him. And he knew when I held it for him, he got what he needed. So he decided, he decided that his yelling and screaming and crying was the signal for me to say, I can't do this. And so the reason I'm going to keep you, I'm going to keep you daddy in a state of holding my bottle by me crying. And the way I'm going to let you know that I can't do this, because every time you put responsibility on me, I'm going to yell and I'm going to cry and I'm going to kick the covers off and I'm going to have a screaming party and that's going to be our communication style and we're going to develop a relationship that every time I cry, you pick up my bottle. But after watching him a while and recognize he had enough strength to hold a bottle, I decided he was going to learn that if he wanted to eat and wanted to drink, that he was going to use the strength he had. Can I pause first before I talk about the other side? Can I talk to some of you? Some of you are enablers. There are people who are never going to grow, never going to recognize their weaknesses and their strength because every time they raise their voice a little bit, here you come with your super cape on, rescuing somebody and you keep on doing it right you keep on doing it and then two weeks later I'm tired I'm overwhelmed why because you keep rescuing somebody who has the strength to hold the bottle them own selves wonder why you so tired he thought his my, our relationship is going to stay at that stage and some relationships never develop because it becomes abnormal it becomes deformed because you allow people to use you and you're just so happy to be used you're so happy to come rescue them when they're crying you know and so he thought i was going to have joy by hushing his crying all the time and i decided i put it in his hand 
he held it and let it go. He let it go because he was crying. Not because he didn't have the strength to hold it. If you keep your son, if you keep your emotional self together, you can hold this bottle. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You got the capacity to hold this bottle. But you so busy crying about it, you don't recognize you got strength to hold it. But guess what? You're going to learn that if you're going to learn that I'm not here to hold your bottle every, every day of your life. And so I decided that I was strong enough to hear him cry. I'm trying to talk to somebody and I don't know why because it ain't in my notes but the Lord's trying to help you help somebody grow and develop because you got to become strong enough to hear them cry now I sat there and he began to cry and I said oh I know he's gonna be here be all right no I know he was all right because the bottle was right next to him he could stop his crying as soon as he wants to he can stop his own crying I ain't got to do nothing about it it's right there in his right there in his little bassinet where he is and sooner or later my wonderful son reached over and used his strength and got his bottle and began to drink I went back over and rewarded him there you go son yeah I knew I can do other things besides just watch you drink I have to hold your bottle because you know your life could be tied up helping something look gonna help me your life can be tied up you can't move on to new things because you busy holding somebody's bottle and you can't move on to nothing else in your destiny you can't move on to greater things you can't wash dishes you can't get the clothes done you can't do anything because you're too busy holding somebody's bottle who have enough strength to hold it themselves and I had to teach him, no, you got strength to do this. Tell him, you got strength to do this. If you can emotionally hold yourself together. Jesus begins trying to teach that the only way to get to the other side, Lord, help me, God, help me. The only way to get to the other side is somewhere you got to start living by faith. You ain't the only one going through. I mean, you ain't the only one going through. Everybody need prayer. But you can't tie up the prayer line every week. You can't tie up the prophets every week. I'm not saying we're not here to support. Don't get it wrong. Because sometimes when you're immature, you're highly sensitive. I'm in the spirit. Sometimes when you're immature, you're also highly sensitive. The reason you're highly sensitive because you're immature. And then you, and then you want to fuss about, what, y'all ain't here to pray for me? I'm going to need prayer. I don't care what time you call me. You're going to pray for me. you wrong. Sometimes you're going to have to learn how to grow up and pray. Oh, you think your prayer partner is in your life for you to be calling them all times of morning? For the, no, they ain't why your prayer partner in your life. You to dominate the phone all the time, and they no, they ain't why you. You gonna wear your help out. You gonna wear your people out. You gonna wear your support out. If you don't learn, Lord, I'm talking to somebody, and you can say Amen or just look straight. But I'm trying to help you understand that people are in your life to love you, but nobody wants to be there every day and to be drained because you won't do what you need to do. Jesus goes to sleep on purpose. Because it's time for them disciples to live by faith. They're not living by faith. People that don't live by faith are also people who don't talk. Now, I believe you don't need to tell everybody your business. But if silence not freeing you, you better find somebody to talk to. I know you don't talk to everybody. I'm smarter than that. You don't tell everybody everything. But see, people who don't really live by faith, which is Jesus gets in the, in this, in this, in this boat, there's many disciples in this boat. They could have worked together to overcome this storm. 
But when you don't learn to live by faith, it's just you and God. And I believe in you and God. But God gives you people. Oh, yeah. We got those people who's just them and Jesus. It's just them and Jesus. And it's dangerous because God gives you people to share your life with. People to help you and support you. One of the problems with this Mark 4 is the disciples didn't even use each other to overcome the storm. They could have worked together to overcome this storm. They could have they supported one another, but rather they all went to Jesus crying about you ain't here to help us. You don't care that we die. People who don't live by faith also have a problem with sharing their gifts and their vulnerabilities with other people. They won't fight by faith. They won't make decisions. People who don't live by faith get stuck in trauma. They actually get stuck in the storm. They're only stuck in the storm because they won't use their faith to get out of the storm. Jesus rebukes the disciples because they are walking in fear. I want you to understand, to get out of what you're in, tell somebody you got to push back. If you're going to get out of what you face, you have to push back against what's pushing you. What the disciples don't do is all they do is accept the wind that's coming towards them. Some of us get in life and all we do is take whoopings. All we do is take beatings. We just take it. The devil throw it, we catch it. We don't even duck. I mean, he throw it, we catch it. He's doing something, we're getting it. I mean, the wind is coming at the disciples and all the disciples are doing is catching what the devil is throwing towards them. The wind was contrary to them. The wind was blowing. Jesus comes up and he pushed back. He gets up and he rebukes the wind. It means he speaks back to what's speaking to him. When are you going to stand on the word and start telling the devil, you a liar. I'm not going to be who you said I'm going to be. When are you going to stand on the word and start pushing back? Some of us got to get our backbone. I'm going to preach it. I got to get our backbone to push back. Don't you dare lose your voice. The devil will make you lose your voice. The devil will make you lose your authority. You'll be sitting there saying, nobody love me. Nobody don't care. No, it's time for you to step up and push back. The devil, let me tell you something about the devil. Just like in the story of David and Goliath. The Goliath, don't you understand that Goliath came and tormented the children of Israel for 40 days. Every day, send me somebody from your camp who's going to come out and fight me. It's not until the day that David is carrying a, a lunch to the, to, the, to the battlefield that he catches Goliath cussing out, slandering God's name. Saying all types of stuff against the people of God and God. And David decides, who is this? The scripture says, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this talking to the people of God? about our God. See what I'm trying to tell you, until you stand up, God's name look bad. Until you stand up in your faith, God's name look bad. Until you say, I'm God's child and I don't care what I got, I'll fight you with what I got left over, but you ain't gonna be coming in my house telling me who I am and what I can't do and where I can't go. See, if you're not careful, life will try to tell you what you can't become, but tell somebody, push back. See, that's how you get somewhere like, we wonder how people get to the other side. They push back. 
Y'all think, think when you hear stories of victory and success that everything was easy? Oh, let's stay with the story of David. David comes out there to fight Goliath. Not only God, he has to deal with Goliath, he also has to deal with his brothers. He got on the battlefield and his brother said, what you come out here for? You come out here to show off? And David said, is there not a cause? Let me tell you something. When people are going to be envious and jealous of you, it don't matter what you're doing. You could be borrowing a rental car. A Mercedes-Benz rental car ain't even yours. But when somebody jealous of you, they'll find a reason to be in it. It ain't even your car. You done written it. But they hate to see you blessed. They hate to see you strong. They hate to see you walking in wisdom. And David walks on the scene and his brother's like, what you doing out here? He's like, what you, why are you bothering me? I come out here and y'all scared. That's what I want to know. You, you wondering why I'm out here. I'm wondering why you out here scared. And when David comes out there, they, they, they're afraid. And see, sometimes when you got to fight, you even have to fight the opinions of others. What other people think about you. What other people think you can't do. And what you can't say. And what you will never be. And there are some people that if you're not careful to get them out of your life or from around your life, they'll always be the person who enjoys telling you your limitations. Oh boy. There are some people who got those personalities. They enjoy telling you what you can't do and what you can't have. In other words, don't you ever outgrow me. Don't you ever look better than me. Don't you ever look smarter than me. Don't you ever seem like you're going to grow somewhere I'm not. Oh, no, no, no. I know there are people who are territorial come on they get uncomfortable when you change I feel the Holy Ghost they get uncomfortable when you find yourself as long as you was low self-esteem and insecure and they can walk all on you and you all messed up but the day you decided I know Lord help me I know who I am the day you stood up on your feet then all of a sudden they got a problem with you the only problem they have is that you know who you are You don't found your strength. And if you're not careful, you over there thinking, what did I do now? And you get trapped in trying to appease people that you never become who God called you to be. Because somebody is trying to keep you limited. Somebody trying to keep you small. And you got to be careful because those type of people do exist. I don't know if you ever came around them, but you, your growth makes them uncomfortable. We don't find out his brothers have real problems until David show up to fight Goliath. Matter of fact, David didn't even know he was going to fight Goliath. He didn't even know he was going to fight Goliath. He doesn't want to take a lunch. He show up at the lunch, and the only reason he fought them is because they wouldn't. They didn't want to do nothing. There are people, when they get afraid of you, they'll talk about you to keep you small. But the truth of the matter you about, about to walk in faith in the area they've been stuck in fear. And I don't mean this in a, such a negative way, but sometimes you even got to make, be careful with close relationships. Time you tell them what God said, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be doing that. Talk about, they done talked you out of your faith. Done talked you out of what God said. You done listen to what they say. Now you in the spirit of disobedience. And you can't get the blessing that God wants you to have. Because you done listen to somebody who ain't talked to God in years. Somebody ain't been in the presence of God in years. Somebody who ain't living by faith. Regurgitating how they live a faithless life. And try to keep you small just like they small. I'm going to tell you something. There's something about people who are territorial. Help me. They'll try to keep you comfortable. 
because your growth demands even their change when David walks up on the scene talking about facing uh, uh, fighting Goliath it, it makes them say to themselves why I can't fight Goliath and they have to come to a conclusion because they scared and this is why I'm going here today I don't think I'm going to get through this sometimes people don't have the humility to come to the conclusion of where they are there's no way to get to the other side. We are, well, I want to understand, how, how do we get to the other side? There's no way to come to the other side until you recognize where you really are. D, Dave, Jesus addresses disciples in Mark 4, so they recognize you guys don't have the faith to go to the other side. You guys are still tripping out when storms come. And I got to get you free. Say, I got to get you free. Say it right now. I got to get you free. I got to get you free from this fear. I want to talk about fear for a second. Y'all hold your gears. I got to get you free from this fear. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of when I'm in the boat with you? What are you afraid of? The greatest fear for me in life is to be somewhere God is not. I started using that phrase, especially during the pandemic. During the pandemic, when all the fears and the real fears and concerns began to happen, especially during the height of the pandemic, where scientists were still finding out about the virus every other day, every other month, and it was just, things were happening. The, the phrase I adopted is, the worst thing I can do right now, this is my phrase that I adopted, the worst thing I could do right now in this pandemic is not hear God. That, that, that's the only thing I was afraid of. I still practice caution. Still, you know, but my fear, my greatest fear or my greatest respect was not hearing God. That was it. I removed all the other fears. Be honest, I, I, even though I know it, and I'm not saying this for you to take things lightly, but I wasn't even afraid of death. I removed it. I said I removed it because I was afraid of death. I wouldn't have went nowhere. But I decided I'm going to work. I'm going to put on a mask and be covered in the blood. And if it's my time, I'm going with them all the way. See, see, when you see, I resolved it. I wasn't silly. I wasn't silly just doing the wrong things. It's not like it's not like jumping in the fire and say, Lord, if you with me, don't burn, don't let me get burned. Wasn't silly. I wasn't, I was sober about it, but I, I was clear-headed that my life, see, this is what removes the fear out of your life. And that's one of the things that God has to drive out of his saints to get to the other side. Jesus has to address this fear because there's no way, disciples, you can get to the other side of your destiny when fear is driving your life. There's no way you're going to be able to do the great things that God has called you to do with fear embedded in your system. There's no way you're going to become and you're going to develop into the very thing God saw when he created you from the foundation of this world. There's no way you're going to make it through the challenges and the changes and the vicissitudes of life and the ups and the downs and the tests and the trials until you get rid of fear. This spirit called fear. This, what is it with disciples with fear? And I just decided that in the pandemic that I was saved. And if I died and everybody get queasy, I'm over it. If I died, I was going to heaven. You know why? Because everything in life got challenges and risk. Everything in life. 
oh this thing gonna snap today i feel it in the holy ghost clap your hands i feel the holy i'm on the head of, of an enemy that's been blocking some of your lives oh i feel the enemy for the, i feel god for me to clarify this thing today all aspects of lives has risks some more than others we ought to think but even being spirit-filled believers and being christian the other thing we're supposed to have that's supposed to help us even navigate our lives is called discernment so you're not just living life i'm somewhere else somewhere on the paper somewhere in the spirit you're not just living life only by your five senses you got five senses you got smell touch taste hearing eyes right five five senses but you got more than that you have the holy spirit you can see things that ain't seen you can smell things that have no smell you can sense things when you when it can't be sensed you have a spiritual being in you that helps you navigate through life and that's why you don't have to live in fear because you can have discernment and discernment is like an alarm that goes off in your spirit that lets you know if something is dangerous or let you know if it's okay so the discernment don't just only let you know if something is dangerous for you the holy spirit through discernment will say you own it joe stay right there you own it come on you working this thing don't you move discernment also let you know not just when you're wrong but when you're right and you got to understand some of us only got discernment be, be fearful you ain't working in the holy ghost right when you get working in the holy ghost right the holy ghost also tell you when you're in the zone when you're in the season when you're in the flow and when you don't need to back up when you need to push forward See, when you fear for you, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't, but the Holy Ghost said, you in it, Joe. Stay there. Like right now when I'm preaching, I'm off my paper, but I know I'm in it, though. Because of the sermon of the Holy Ghost is saying, don't you back up. Hey, bitch, you in this thing now. You got the devil by the neck. See, this fear is trying to ruin our lives. Keep us from going to the other side. Because we're not using the Holy Spirit to discern what God wants in our lives. We got Jesus on the boat with us, testing us, seeing if we're gonna rise up in faith, seeing if we're gonna develop. I'm telling the season, Jesus is trying to determine who he can take to the other side. Cause there's some work to be done on the other side. I just read the story about the other side. See, if you thinking you are gonna get free and not free others, we're not interested in that. We got enough people getting blessed and nobody else benefiting from. We got enough people getting promoted and the only person that's doing good from your promotion is you. No, no, no. The blessing of the Lord should be continuing. It's from flow to your hands to somebody's hands. God don't need to bless you and everything stops. We don't need you just free for yourself. That's good. But we need you free to free others. This is why Jesus is so hard on the disciples in this Mark 4 story because they're trying to get over to Mark 5. Where a man has an unclean spirit. But we ain't gonna ever be able to we ain't gonna be able to help the world. This is also God help me today. We ain't never gonna really be able to help the world till we get free. How can we be a witness? To somebody when we haven't allowed God to fully witness to us 
See, sometime in your life, you need to say, God, I need you to be a witness to me. I need to witness healing. I need to witness deliverance. I need a testimony. See, some of us are still plagued by things, and some of us are testimonialists. Because you hadn't overcome. And God needs more of us to have testimonies of overcoming. Jesus can afford to take disciples to the other side who can't walk in faith. Because there are people who need your support. There are people who are really bound up by the enemy. Waiting on the church to develop. And the church is still struggling on faith. The church is still struggling on trusting God. The church is still struggling on it. But there's a world out there like the man over here. He's over here suffering. Y'all read the story with me. I can easily get to the points now. Do you understand why you need to free, get free? Tell somebody I need to get free. Because there's somebody else that God wants us to help. Here's an unclean man. He got up. The Bible says he has a what? Unclean spirit. And it begins to describe what an unclean spirit lifestyle looked like. He lives in the graveyard. So some part of your coming over, to explain that first part, is a matter of decisions. It's a matter of decisions. But the other part of coming over is a matter of deliverance. Some things you just need to make up your mind. But there are other times something has your mind. That's called deliverance. When you can make up your mind, that's just in your human ability. I can make up my mind. That's decision making. But when something else has captivated your mind. That's more than a decision. That's a deliverance. This brother here needs a deliverance. He has an unclean spirit. I begin to pray and ask God, how did he get an unclean spirit? Unclean spirits where a spiritual demons comes into people's lives. One, one way it comes about is hanging around unclean people. Unclean people will bring Demon spirits. What is unclean? Unclean represents people who live wicked and evil lives. It can be in attitudes. It can be in ideas and in perspectives. And if you're not careful, that stuff, if you're not careful in how you relate to people, next thing you know, your attitude was fine until you start hanging around so-and-so every day and you ain't got to tell me who you're hanging around because your attitude just as terrible as theirs. Y'all eating from the same table and y'all sound alike. I said, how did this man come unbelievable? Sometimes people are also taking advantage of. And, and unclean spirits are taking advantage of your weakness. Unclean spirits are coming in and even taking advantage when you're weak and when you're sick. Because sometimes when you're weak and you're sick, what happens when you're weak and you're sick, you get very vulnerable. And unclean spirits will come and they'll talk to you. Another thing that God start talking to me about unclean spirits, they'll start speaking to your ears. That's why I told you got to push back. Because if you don't push back to every thought that comes to your mind, if you don't start pushing back to some of these voices that you're hearing in your head, oh, you got to talk back. You got to say something. You can't allow that spirit to keep on talking to you and saying stuff to you. You're going to have to raise your voice. You're going to have to deal with that unclean spirit. It'll come to you and start giving you agendas and start giving you ideas y'all hear what i'm saying and start telling you no you need to do this you need to do that that's unclean spirits unregenerated spirits it means unclean mean undelivered not washed these unclean spirits they'll talk to you and guess what if you entertain them they'll do just like they did this man 
They wrapped this man up, bound his life, and now he's living in a place where people visit. You visit graveyards, but you don't live in it. This man is living among the dead. That his appetites towards life has changed. He desires to be among dead things with dead people. He don't even see life right anymore. I'm telling you, demon spirits will alter how you think. Demon spirits will alter who you hang around. You will hang around dirty people and enjoy hanging around dirty people. And the moment you get around clean people, all of a sudden you don't feel comfortable. It's an unclean spirit trying to take over. I feel the Holy Ghost. Unclean spirits. So you got to drive them out. I feel the Holy Ghost. How about Shatalamasa? I heard the Holy Ghost say I wasn't finished last week. I heard the Holy Ghost. I come to drive it out. Shatalamasa. See, you can't be passive driving nothing out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, you got the right one now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm on something. I ain't messing with you. I'm really talking to the devil right now. Just give me a second. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes over, and the first thing that comes to meet him is an unclean spirit coming out of the tombs. It even shows you how unclean spirits will deal with your life. He's sleeping in the graves. He howls in the middle of the night. In the mountains, howling all night long. No peace. No peace. Anxieties. Let me tell you about unclean spirits. See, some things we be trying to diagnose as just a medical condition. And it ain't always the case. This man has a spiritual condition. See, the world can only handle medical conditions. But there are certain things God got to cast out. There are certain things that the devil is trying to put on you. It ain't that you. I believe in doctors. Don't get me wrong. But there's some things ain't about another doctor visit. It's an altar call. Something is a prayer meeting. Something is the laying of hands. Something is some fasting. Something is some purity and some repentance. To get the unclean spirit out of your life. The man is in the grave. And it shows you that sometime the world in its best practices don't know what to do with a spiritual problem because what did they do to the man they bound him with fetters and chains because they couldn't control him they didn't know what to do with him they couldn't make him act right they couldn't make him behave what's wrong with him he's a lunatic he's crazy he's insane what's wrong with him he just got an unclean spirit. But the world just didn't know what to do with him. I can't fault the world for not knowing what to do with spiritual things. But what's up with the church? I don't fault the world for not knowing what to do. They don't know what to do with all these demon-possessed people. They don't know what to do. But when is the church going to rise up? Ain't nobody been called to cast out devils but the church. And there's only so much that Prozac can do. There's only so much that medicine can do. God is calling the church to stand up on his feet. Here's this man bound, losing the zest of life. Tell you, demons are dear, will make you deranged, 
talk to you, torment you, give you crazy ideas. Who get the idea to go live at a cemetery? Unclean spirit. Who get the idea to howl at night? Unclean spirit. Torment the man. The man was cutting himself. Had no peace. Cutting himself. Cutting himself. They were binding with chains and the demon power would come on him so strong he would break the chains. In other words, to the world's point of view, we can't do nothing with him. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. To the world's point of view, there's no hope for him. Pause the moment right now. Ooh, God, Pause this moment in a story and look at it from a world's point of view. Not a believer's point of view, a world's point of view. The world unbounded with chains. He broke out of it, went back to the cemetery. We keep bringing him out of the cemetery saying you don't belong there. He keep going back. The world saying there ain't no hope for him. He comes to Jesus. And the first thing he recognized is he reverences the power of somebody walking in faith. He recognized somebody walking in authority. Tell somebody I got authority. I feel the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He recognized somebody walking in authority and the demons began to speak out and said, what do I have to do with thee, Jesus? Don't torment me. Listen, there's too many things tormenting us that we should be tormenting. Jesus walks into the Gadarenes and the devil in the man comes out talking saying, don't torment me. The demon's been tormenting him but Jesus torments every devil. Jesus torments every unclean spirit. I want to know, has that unclean spirit met Jesus? Has that unclean spirit met the word of God? The word of God would never bow down to an unclean spirit. Jesus comes in the room and the demon begin to manifest that you are greater than me. I said the demon begin to talk. And the demon confesses that you are greater than me. Don't you cast me out right now. He said, please don't cast me out. See, the, see, demons come to torment. They come to torment through fear so they can stay in the body. So one of the ways they stay in the body is to fill the person with fear so they can never exit the body. Because fear is the ground bed for housing demons. Fear is the ground bed for housing unclean spirits. So as long as you're fearful, the enemy know he got home there. You ain't going to never kick me out because they're too afraid. You ain't going to never kick me out. They're too afraid to address me. They're too afraid to call me out. They're too afraid to point at me and deal with me. And as long as they are afraid, I got a house to stay in. And the demon said to him, why you come to torment me? Please don't torment me. The other thing the devil says, which is very important, I'm going through the text already, you can read it later when you get back home. The demon says, please don't kick us out of the region. Very important point. There are certain demons that like territories. And there are certain devils will stay in your family till somebody kick them out. They mess your daddy up, they mess your uncle up, they mess your mama up, and somebody gotta stand and say, Devil, the buck stop here. You ain't getting me. You got my cousin. You got my granddaddy. I ain't saying nothing, but you but tell somebody you ain't getting me. I dare you to praise him right there. Somebody.
somebody say, I'm going to be the one to get the devil out my generational line. I'm going to be the one to get him out my family. I'm going to be the one. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel the whole shana. Y'all go ahead and praise him. I feel the power of deliverance. Give me a few minutes here. Let me testify. I sat there in my bed. Yes, sit down. Give me a second. I sat there in my bed, 19 years old, dealing with all them demons of lust. I'm good, brother Caleb. Calm it down for a second. You're good, brother Caleb. Calm it down, brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to go back. You keep me there. They're gonna think I'm done, and I ain't quite done. Uh-huh. I said, listen. No, you're good. No, you're good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate your support. You're good. Uh, I got to work something a little bit. I got to, I, I want to make sure you get this message and I'm going to be done in a few seconds. But I said, listen, I said they're about 19, 20 years old and wonder why I was dealing with these spirits of lust so strong. So strong. I just feel like out of all the people, why are you messing with me? No messing with me, coming after me. I'm like, why you want me so bad? I mean, I go to church. I was raised in a church. My dad is a Sunday school superintendent. My grandma was a church mother. My granddad was a traveling evangelist. And I was like, they ain't all that was. <laughs> yeah, I ain't want to say nothing. There was some unaddressed stuff and habits. And the enemy knows some of the quickest ways to you is to find the proclivities in your family that nobody ever overcame. He know the quickest way to keep you down is to find the areas in your family line that nobody would address. I'm buying, I'm fighting with all these demons of lust. I said, this is crazy. I mean, coming at me from the left to the right, got more temptation than I could ever handle. At the same time, I'm trying to get ready to preach. So this show is an oxymoron because you show can't really preach the gospel at all and be all lustful and all messed up. You can't, you can't be going forth in the gospel all jacked up in your spirit. You can't fully preach. You preach one day, the next day you have condemned because you done sinned. You're up or you're down. You know where you ain't to live for God that way. This thing right in my back. I'm like, what's going on? I went on a fast. Cause I said, this is, this is real warfare. I went on a fast. When I got on that fast, the Holy Spirit said, call your daddy. I called my dad. And I said, dad, I'm just fighting with this loss and all that. He said, oh boy. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh-huh. He said, oh boy. I said, daddy, what happened? What happened in the family line? Why are these demons so attracted to me? Not that anybody can't deal with me, but why do they want me? Why did, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm helping somebody today. It wasn't like I was struggling in so many areas. This was one major area that the enemy was really fighting me in. It ain't like I was a liar and a stealer and all that, but this one area, he decided if he can trap me here, I wouldn't get my destiny. If he can trap me here, I won't get to what God, and he got that, that one thing he was going to work on. And let me tell you something about the devil. He'll work on one thing in your life. Ain't that you bad? You good in some other areas. But that one area of your life, the devil keep that one area under bondage to keep you from your destiny 
I said, Daddy, talk to me. Because you know in families, sometimes we don't talk at the right time. We don't share the right stuff so people can get free. We don't share vulnerabilities and things so people can hear how the enemy tried to infiltrate our lives. How we need to overcome. We don't know how to share stories so the next generation can overcome. We don't have to share where we failed and what the devil tried to do to us. My dad I said, Daddy, what happened? Come on, talk to me. My dad oh, the baby, the baby, the baby. I was like, come on, Dad, I need to talk quickly. I need your words to come together so I can understand. My daddy began to talk. My daddy began to tell me some things that happened. Some family stuff, some situations. And when I got off that phone, that war was on. I said, the devil is a lie. I don't know about you. I, man, I took out my oil, my blood of Jesus oil, my prayer oil. Because see, once you understand the devil got a hit out for your life. See, y'all ain't never been there. You never been fighting for your destiny. You never been fighting for who you are. I was in a war. I said, oh, it's on now. I ain't watching no TV. I ain't watching no football games. I ain't got time to be hanging with the wrong folks. I went on a fight. See, we about to go on a fast at the church. What you know? I went on an all of a sudden fast right now. We did the fast start today. I went on a fast, got my oil out, touched every door, touched every window, touched the refrigerator, touched the floor, touched the bed, touched the pillow. I said, oh devil, it's on. You think you're gonna win over this? You gotta fight it over on your on your hands. And guess what, y'all? In the middle of the night, that demon of lust came to visit me. I was laying in my bed and I felt a demon spirit breathing on my neck. Felt the breath of it. I got frozen. Don't act like you ain't never had demon spirit try to come in your house. Try to come in your bedroom. Try to come in where you are. I felt that spirit on my neck. I opened my eyes. I said, oh God. On the count of three, I'm getting up in the middle of the night and I'm going to say the blood of Jesus. I got neighbors right next to me in this apartment complex, but they about to have a praise break in the middle of the night. On the count of three, I jumped up, said, the blood of Jesus. And I saw like a spirit flash. And I got up and it was on. I wasn't going back to sleep. I got in my word. I anointed everything all over again. I'm trying to tell you, you're going to have to stand up to these spirits that don't want you to have your destiny. You're going to have to confront these ideas that don't want you to have your freedom. You're going to have to stand up to become whole. You can't be passive. You can't take a whooping another day. You can't listen to what they got to say. And you can't have around unclean people and expect to be clean can't be hanging around these unclean people and expect to be clean I'm almost done and I told I had, and that's when I cleaned up all my friend life at that time that's when I cleaned up my friend life I had people I rolled, rolled with my dog ace goon boon all that homies down ain't got no, no beef with them nothing happened to us nothing but i decided to be delivered called them up and told them hey man i'm going through a change and we won't be talking huh joe what you talking about in other words man i love you but don't call me i love you but in other words we ain't going out no more in other words we won't be conversating but when i see you man we'll put a good big hug around you and then i'm going my way and you're going your way when i see you, i'm gonna say man how you been you been good bless you and i'm gonna see i ain't saying nothing i decided if i wanted to be free i had to see some some of y'all can't be free trying to be friends 
And I ain't saying I had to make him be a bad person because I wanted to be free. I still love him to this day. When I do see him, hey man, how you doing? But for me to be free, I had to get around clean people. I had to stop hanging around dead people, people who carry in that stuff. How am I supposed to be free from a spirit of lust? And every time you call me, have you seen that, Joe? Have you seen that? Have you seen that? And if I ain't seen no man ain't seen it, tell me where to see it at. Where at, man? Over here. Woo! Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I've been delivered. I can talk the lingo. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm just taking it PG for y'all today. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But I had to get out of those conversations so I can maintain my freedom. Because every time I didn't, I kept opening up the door. These unclean spirits trying to take me out. I had to learn how to purify my life from these unclean spirits coming into my life. Wonder why I can't stop certain habits because these unclean spirits. Unclean spirits. I'm done for right now. Believe. Stand on your feet. I'm going to pray. Clap your hands and give Jesus praise. Come on. Let's praise him. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.